grand fanfare welcome to our podcast, Keeping Up With The Windsors, dedicated to the royal family. Each episode will be crammed to the rafters with opinions, news and commentary on the comings and goings of the family of Windsor. With your hosts and royal fangirls, Rachel Andrews and Michelle Thole. So grab yourself a cuppa, straighten up your tiara, shine your knighthood, round up your corgis and and let's keep up with the Windsors. Hi and welcome to this week's podcast of Keeping Up With The Windsors. I'm Rachel. And I'm Michelle. How are you this week, Michelle? I'm doing good, actually. Um, I had a bit of a nightmare yesterday because I was cooking a lemon drizzle cake and I have one of those electric cookers. So you've used it, but if you put something on it, it's still hot. (laughs) So Mm. I put um, a glass chopping board on top of it and it absolutely shattered (gasps) and went in 360 degrees. (laughs) I'm not kidding. It went everywhere. And I had one of those final destination moments where I'm like, that could have hit my jugular. <laughs> like it could have killed me. So I had a near death experience yesterday. <laughs> but the main question is, was the cake okay? <laughs> the cake was absolutely perfect. And I've had some for breakfast this morning. Um, but I did find one <laughs> tiny shard of glass in the oven. <laughs> She uh... made it to the oven. I can't believe it. <laughs> but anyway, um, after my near-death experience, I am on top of the world. How are you, Rach? Yeah, good. No uh, near-death experiences for me. Just a average working week. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness me! Um, I just want to say something uh, really quickly. We are eighty-four percent there on getting one thousand followers on Instagram. Like, I can't believe we've got this many followers on Instagram. So number one, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. And number two, thank you so much if you follow us over on Instagram at Keeping Up With The Windsor's Pod. I'm so excited about the community that we're, we're creating. How do you feel about the community, Rach? Yeah, I feel the same. And we did a live, didn't we, on Saturday? Um, and when we came off that call, we were both like, oh, it's so nice because there were so many people on that live and we were all just, you know, chat- obviously it was me and you chatting, but we were getting so many comments from the people watching, which was absolutely fantastic. So we answered a few questions. If you missed that and you want to watch that, go head on over to our Instagram because um, we saved that on there so you can watch it at any time. I just love interacting with everyone. And obviously we've all got a shared passion, haven't we? Yeah. And what was lovely was connecting because we can see which countries listen to our podcast so the United States hello to all all of you out there Brazil hello to all of you out there India hello and Croatia and what was really brilliant is on the Instagram live we had a listener from Croatia on there and I was like yay hi so it was lovely to put a username and a face to a listener it was amazing and it's just when we started this podcast I never expected it to be this way does that make sense I just assumed Mm. it'd just be me and you talking but now I just feel like oh we need to do a meetup and we need to have like a a nice little royal afternoon tea or a picnic somewhere do you know what I mean I mean that would be the dream for a meetup wouldn't it can you imagine that'd be so cool like I would absolutely love that um, yeah. you say in all the countries we had a few people on from Germany and we also had a lady in Australia didn't we oh my goodness Western Australia hello to you thank you so much for listening and joining us on Instagram live and when we came off the Instagram live I said to my husband oh my goodness someone in Western Australia knows that I'm alive <laughs> <laughs> can you believe it he was 
like, well, I can believe it because like Instagram's worldwide. I was like, but I can't believe it. I cannot believe it. I think it was the fact that it was like 12 o'clock midday our time. And we asked the we asked the lady and she said, oh, it's half seven and, at night. And we were just like, yeah. wow, that's, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It, it's it's obviously the royals are loved all over the world. So I guess it's not a surprise that we would have lots of listeners, but I guess it is a surprise that our podcast resonate with other people. So welcome and thank you so much for being part of the royal community. And I've got to do a massive shout out to Christy at this point, whose Instagram handle is the prince and his duchess. Because for weeks now, I've been wondering about the dragonfly mask that Camilla wore on a few occasions a few weeks back. And Christy came through. Thank you so much. The place is Chester Beatty um, and it's a shop online in Dublin and it has the dragonfly mask and I'm so excited to buy it so thank you so much Christy for sending me the link the royal community always comes through thank you so much I'm so excited to wear it and I might sport it on an Instagram live very yes. soon to show you all um, me doing my best Camilla impression <laughs> which is really bad <laughs> so thank you Christy so shall we start with the Royal Roundup? Let's do the Royal Roundup. Let's go for it. Okay, so I'm going to start with Prince Edward. I feel like he's not really talking about a lot, but I think since the passing of Prince Philip, we're going to see a lot more of him. Um, we know Sophie obviously does a lot of engagements, but it's been nice to see him out and about. So he has been in Surrey, where he visited the family-run Kingfisher Farm shop in Abinger Hammer to meet the team who served their community throughout lockdown. He's also visited Christ College Guildford and met students embarking on their Duke of Edinburgh Award. Nice. So obviously he's now the patron of the Duke of Edinburgh Award. And he also visited a vaccine centre in Windsor. And we are recording this on Wednesday, the 12th of May. And today is International Nurses Day. And the Earl and Countess of Wessex visited Frimley Park Hospital in Portsmouth to mark International Nurses Day. Amazing. I know we've heard some things in the past about the Earl and Countess of Wessex. Now we're getting more of a front line and centre comings and goings of them throughout their day and what they're doing. So I actually really enjoy hearing more about what they're doing, especially because they do some of the niche patronages and maybe even the smaller charities. They've been busy, actually, haven't mm. they? Yeah. And I think the thing is with Instagram is you see some of, you know, the posts that they have, things that they have done and not necessarily everything that they do is on their Instagram feeds. So I think it's nice that, you know, sometimes we are given on the Instagram posts, but sometimes I find out from Twitter or from other royal accounts. So it's it's been nice to hear about what they've been involved with since the passing of the Duke of Edinburgh. And it's something um, interesting to note about that is how coordinated all the royal social media accounts are. One doesn't override the other and allow each of the charities to have its place, shall we say. They're very coordinated and structured mm. in that way. Do you think they work together? Like all the people behind the scenes, do you think each of their offices as such work together when they're posting certain things on certain days? I, I think most definitely. I think especially with the big projects. Hold Still this week with the Duchess of Cambridge, it had a major focus the, the first 
part of the week. And then the second part of the week has been the Queen with the state opening of Parliament. So next we had Princess Beatrice. Um, again, we don't see or hear a lot of from Princess Beatrice because obviously she is not a working royal, um, but she is patron to a few charities and she is patron of Oscar's Book Prize, um, which is an annual £5,000 children's book prize, which is passionate about fueling reading and imagination. And she actually awarded the winners of the book prize to Lou Fraser and Kate Hindley, who wrote a children's book called The Littlest Yak. Oh, that sounds so cool. (laughs) And there was an actual um, video where she was obviously presenting this prize to them and she read out part of the book. Um, So again, nice to see Princess Beatrice because we don't really get to see her a lot. Yeah. And wasn't it Beatrice that did the voiceover for the... Was it the dyslexia book a couple of weeks back? Yes, yeah. Yeah. Because obviously someone that suffers with dyslexia, they're going to be passionate about reading because they themselves find it more difficult. Oh, good for her. I love the fact that, again, she's passionate about reading. She's passionate about uh, dyslexia. And that is what drives her with the patronages that she chooses. £5,000, that's a lot of money. I wonder what they're going to do. Yeah, well... Disneyland. Awesome. <laughs> Probably go on, maybe go on towards their, you know, their more for their writing and their illustrations rather than Disneyland. But <laughs> sorry, my brain goes straight there. <laughs> um, I'm moving on uh, with some royal news about the Queen, and we have seen her. This is Her Majesty's first engagement since the passing of Prince Philip, and it was a Zoom um, giving of a an award she's the patron of the royal life-saving society and she's been the patron since 1952 um and it's a wonderful society because little did i know but when i did a bit of research into it 235,000 people a year globally die of drowning and this society awards people who are learning how to save people's lives and to you know drowning awareness it's a wonderful thing and what I loved was they mentioned that her majesty was the first ever Mm. person to pass the junior respiration awards and she was so surprised that she was the first person what i liked about this zoom call was um the american guy said something along the lines of well your majesty over 80 years ago you um you won this award and i was just like yeah way to point it out mate (laughs) (laughs) over 80 years ago and then she said yes it was quite a long time ago (laughs) It was such a wonderful Zoom call to not only see the Queen's emotional intelligence and the way she just commanded the different people and I'm going to talk to you next and you next and you know that type of thing. I love the way she just finished it. She was like, goodbye. And she was so like, okay, I'm going now, letters. I just loved it. It was brilliant. But again, I think, um, you know, any anyone that goes on a call or meets the Queen, I think they're always like a bit apprehensive and a bit nervous. And she just has that way to she's very calm in presence hasn't she the way to keep people calm and she knows how to move a conversation along it was so nice to see her to be honest I have to say it looks like she's lost a little bit of weight have you noticed that Rach yeah she did look a bit more um sunken if that's the right word to use yeah and I think that is the right word and for somebody who's grieving their husband to be in front of the public right now and to do the things that she's done this week takes so much courage and you know just that raw feeling that gut 
deep grand canyon of grief and the fact that she's out there and um I'll, I'll talk about this a bit later on but when she's in the state um opening she had to walk past a big massive picture of prince philip it was just so oh, yeah you just feel for her you read really, and and for and for all of the royal family who are out there doing engagements at the moment okay so what else have we got so camilla um the duchess of cornwall visited berkshire women's aid to hear from domestic abuse survivors and their children about how the charity has supported them during covid which is it's just incredible to think how many people they must have helped during lockdown and I quickly want, wanted also to mention um, a TV programme that I watched the other day. It was on Channel 5. I'm pretty sure you'll be able to find it on, online. And it's called Catherine, the Compassionate Duchess. Now, it's not about Catherine Cambridge. It is Catherine, the Duchess of Kent. And I hadn't, I knew she was um, the Duke of Kent's wife, but I didn't, I didn't even know her name is Catherine, to be honest. Didn't really know who she was, didn't know what she was about. But I watched this documentary and I was amazed by some of the things that she's been through in her life. So when she got married to the Duke of Kent in the 60s, over 12 million people watched their wedding. 12 million people. I haven't seen a wedding dress. I really want to have a look. It's um, it's very of its time. It's, it's quite classic, but it's, it, you can tell it's a dress from the 60s. And they've got three children. But in 1975, she had to have an abortion after contracting German measles, um, which was just horrendous. And then a few years later, in 1977, she gave birth to a stillborn son named Patrick. Again, never knew this about her. Mm. And for over 10 years, she worked as a music teacher at a primary school. So she was doing engagements on, on behalf of the royal family. But once a week, she would travel to Hull and she would be a music teacher how amazing is that she sounds a remarkable woman doesn't she incredible she also rescinded her hrh title that was gifted to her by her majesty the queen when she got married and she also converted to the catholic church in 1994 wow so again not something not someone that we necessarily would know about or talk about on this podcast but i just thought it was really interesting and i was quite amazed by this woman's life to be fair and I'm so glad I watched it so if you wanted to watch that it's called the Catherine the Compassionate Duchess so that's the Royal Roundup for this week but now we're moving on to that's the fanfare thing (laughs) (laughs) now we're moving to the Royal News Okay, so we're starting off the royal news with the Duchess of Cambridge and her book, Hold Still, has been released. And guess what? It's completely sold out. Like, I think everywhere. You cannot get it anywhere. Can't get it anywhere. Yeah. I've tried so many times. I keep keep looking on Amazon. I've gone on to Waterstones. Like, I don't know, is it available in supermarkets? I'm not sure. Maybe I need to look in Asda. Um, What I loved was the amount of social media coverage we had this week of the Duchess of Cambridge, not only being part of the book fairies. So she was putting 
hold still books out um, throughout, obviously not her, but people were putting hold still books out throughout the UK. We had a video of her placing one in the gardens of Kensington for some lucky person to find. And in each of the books was a gold book fairy sticker, a gold ribbon and a letter from the Duchess herself that was tucked into the book. So if you found that, wow, that's like super, super lucky of you guys. And if anyone did find one of the book fairy hold still books, let us know over on Instagram or comment on our podcast. Honestly, I'd love to to see and, and, and understand your experience of finding that. And also what you think, have you bought hold still? What do you think of it? I mean, as a, as a project, it sounds amazing. We also had Catherine go into the National Portrait Gallery because it's now part of the archive. So the final hundred hold still images have now become part of the gallery's national collection. And you know what? When I heard about this, Rach, I had this complete feeling of us witnessing history because there's got to be generations to come who will witness these photographs and realize and really be captured in what it was like for us in 2020 going through the pandemic we are really witnessing and have been part of history I don't think it really hit me until that point yeah what I've really liked about this project is the fact that it's not been about Catherine obviously she has spearheaded the campaign and the book itself and the images itself would not have gotten the publicity if it was not for her being involved but in that book there is not one single picture of her it is about the people and that's what I love about it like you said it's a moment in history that we're going to remember that we can tell future generations about and this is you know archival evidence of that moment in time I I couldn't agree with you more Rach honestly I couldn't agree with you more and that's why this project has just hit the sweet spot between her being involved but her not being involved and her love of photography but not one picture of her in there it's just incredible and what I've loved is on the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge's YouTube uh, channel that's a bit of a mouthful actually (laughs) Um, they've put some um, YouTube videos out of Catherine speaking to some of the people behind the, the photographs so one of them was shielding Mila I talked a little bit about that on the Instagram live but the other one we had this week was cancelled and it was a um, a picture of a student called Romy and her like everything that she had like a prom the exams all of that was cancelled all of it was just not normal for a a teenager of her age and for like the rite of passage coming out of a levels um and on the on the um, photograph it said class of 2020 it was such it was a photograph that told a million stories just by one image and have a look on their youtube uh, channel because it was wonderful to hear the story of her mum nayas uh, taking the picture of Romy and then sent into the whole still project. Um, and again, shielding Mila, which I cried my eyes out at, but I didn't cry on, uh, on Romy's one until I started reading the comments. Um, and as soon as I started reading the comments on YouTube, I started crying. Cause then again, it, it was like, wow, we are absolutely witnessing history here. 
so just well done not only to Catherine but to the National Portrait Gallery and to Mind Charity which um, the proceeds are going to it's just incredible and I really hope it makes a lot of money for both of those um, real worthwhile causes so next up we have the Queen the Duchess of Cornwall and Prince Charles at the opening of State Parliament. Yeah. So, Michelle, you're going to talk a bit about that. Yeah, it's it's a um, it's an event which marks the beginning of a session of Parliament in the UK. It's really traditional. It's something that. Um, you know, is steeped in history. And for the podcast, even though I speak about it very briefly, the amount of research I do into it to understand it, to be honest, I I know the history behind it. I know the reasons why they do certain things, but it seems so like pathetic <laughs> to me. It's like, oh, just get on with it. Like just ring a bell, just go for like, it. Like <laughs> I mean, I was I was watching it. Obviously, I just wanted to watch it for the Queen. I wasn't watching it for Parliament. I couldn't care about that. <laughs> I just I just wanted to see the royals, you know. But it was like before even the Queen came in. The crown had its own car. <laughs> so um, so basically the emblems, the symbols of the sovereignty in the UK is the imperial state crown, the sword of state and the cap of maintenance. And yeah, you're right, Rach. They all, each of them had their own car to the Palace of Westminster. And can I just say, being a working class girl from the UK, I've never heard of the Houses of Parliament being called the Palace of Westminster until I realised it's actually called the Palace of Westminster. <laughs> and that is just something that people like me call it. <laughs> so I was like, why, is, why are they calling it the Palace? I'm like, oh, it's not. OK, I, I get it. The Houses of Parliament is the nickname. So I learn something every day with this podcast. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the Imperial State Crown, because um have you ever seen this in real life, Rach? Years ago when I was a child, but I kind of remember it from the TV show, The Crown, um, when the Queen is trying the crown on for her coronation and it's so heavy that she has to practice mm, walking in it. Yeah. And we've seen, and we've actually seen her talk about that before, yeah. the actual Queen, where she was saying it was so heavy. But yeah, tell us more about that. Well, it's over one kilogram in weight. <laughs> it's got... 2,901 precious stones, including the Cullinan 2 Cushion Cut Brilliant Diamond, which is, get this, 317.4 carats. It also, I know, it also includes the St. Edward's Sapphire, the Stuart Sapphire, and the Black Prince's Ruby. Um, I've seen this at the Tower of London. I'm not kidding it just takes your breath away. It's absolutely unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable in real life. Uh, It's something that when I saw it on TV still is just as impressive as you could ever imagine. It was the Queen's 67th state opening. And I do have a little correction for what I said last week's episode, because I said that she had a state opening last year And she didn't have a state opening last year. So I was completely incorrect. And COVID has got my brain completely messed up. So there wasn't one last year. The last one was in 2019. She's only ever missed two of these state openings, one in 1959 and one in 1963. And that's when she was pregnant with Andrew and with Edward. Apart from that, she's been a part of every single state opening. It was a very different 
opening because it was pared down. She didn't wear the crown, which she usually would have. She would have obviously been with Prince Philip. This is the first time of her doing it on her own. Hence the reason uh, Prince Charles and uh, Camilla was there. And also because of COVID, there were loads of different restrictions. So usually the speech from the throne would be handed to the queen for her to read. But because of COVID, it was placed on a uh, table and then she picked it up and read it because the Queen has no authority in changing laws within Parliament. She has the sovereignty and the monarchy. And that is a symbol of why they're all there in the Houses of uh, Commons and Lords. But she does not have um, any say. And so that speech is actually written for her by Parliament and she just reads it out. So what do you think about the Queen and seeing her during the state opening of Parliament this year? Yeah, I thought it was one, it was nice to see her in person. Obviously, the last time we saw her was Prince Philip's funeral. I did notice, I think you're going to talk about this in a bit, but when they were walking past, there was a massive portrait of Prince Philip. And then on the other side, there was the portrait of the Queen as well. So I, I thought that was like a really poignant moment. Watching it, it didn't actually last that long. Mm. Obviously, she she had read what was written down for her and then she leaves and then basically the members of parliament go back and then that's when they discuss what the queen has spoken about in the speech but yeah I just thought it was nice to see the queen but also nice to see her with Charles and Camilla she was wearing a lovely lavender coat with a matching hat I really enjoyed that and Camilla looked lovely as well um, in a white dress I thought that she looked really lovely but yeah, again, just nice to see her in person. And I wonder if she went back to Buckingham Palace or mm-hmm. if she actually went back to Windsor Castle. I I mean, from, I don't know, it's hard to know because they didn't show any coverage of her going home, did they? So I was like, where did she go? I mean, it's, it's more than likely that she went back to Windsor Castle, isn't it? It makes sense. But maybe she had more business going on in Buckingham Palace that day. The differences between this uh, state opening versus any other was there's less pageantry she would have had there would have been horses there would have been um, lots of people from the military standing there you know protecting and supporting the monarchy um, she didn't wear, like I say she didn't wear the crown uh, th- there was a lot of changes she would have been in the carriage as well normally she's in the state carriage mm. there's again it was it was very pared down and like you just said it was very short it would have been a lot longer um but also it, it's it's tradition it's a traditional thing and it's pageantry but it is the only time apart from the coronation when the queen will wear the imperial state crown so it's actually it's like it's had its little outing <laughs> so after the state opening Prince Charles and the Duchess of Cornwall were very busy that day, wasn't they, Rachel? What did they get up to? Prince Charles visited Smithfield Market, the future home of the Museum of London, which will welcome at least two million people a year to its galleries, exhibitions and events. Um, I've never been to Museum of London before, have you? I've been twice. Have you? It's really good. Yeah. And do you know what they have in there? They have one of the, um, from the 2012 Olympics, they have one of the petals from the Olympic flame. It's amazing. It's so cool. I've been to two exhibitions there. One um, for the police and all like their infamous crimes from Scotland Yard. That was really uh, interesting. And another one, how animals have impacted London. And that was really interesting as well. So yeah, been twice and really highly recommend it. Is it free? 
it's free and the exhibitions you pay extra for but it is a free um museum to go around and and have a butcher's so they say in london <laughs> um and later on in the day he then visited and met healthcare staff at St Bartholomew's Hospital to thank them for their hard work. And this is the hospital where Prince Philip stayed when he was being treated before he's passing. So that was kind of a nice personal touch, I felt. Yeah, yeah. And it, it must have been so um, poignant because I think he was the only royal member of the family to go and visit Prince Philip in hospital as well. Mm. So a nice way to say thank you, wasn't it? Absolutely, yeah. As patron of Bart's heritage, he heard about the plans for Bart's 900 restoration work for the hospital's grade one listed building. Um, And this hospital has been around for 900 years. It's one of the oldest hospitals in the UK. Wow. And so, yeah, he, he went along and as patron saw the plans. So, again, a busy day for Prince Charles. I feel like he probably had that busy day in his schedule and then he added in helping the queen with the state opening. Um, so, I mean, like I say, this is, this is a way the Royal family are going to rally around her majesty now moving forward. I think they're doing a, a stellar job. Most definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else have we got? Anything else, Rach on no. the horizon? That's ah, <laughs> okay. So we've had the whole still, uh, project has been a roaring success the queen we've seen her twice this week and what a magnificent job she's done in both occasions um how do you feel about prince charles and camilla camilla's engagements this week yeah no i've really enjoyed seeing them and um i think we mentioned on our live didn't we that the clarence house instagram it feels like they need to step up a bit in terms of what the Kensingtons are doing, obviously now that they've changed their names to the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge, even what the royal family are doing on their Instagram, I feel like Charles and Camilla do so much work, but it just doesn't get noticed. It just doesn't get spoken about. And I feel that's partly because the Instagram account doesn't report it. Yeah, I, I think they do need a bit of a spring clean. And I think what they possibly need is for whoever the advisors are around them to just loosen up a little bit and to allow mm. um, them as humans to come out a little bit more. They do amazing work and he's next in line to the throne. We need to we need to connect with him more. Mm. Um, you know, that's that's my own personal opinion. But I also think that's because I'm of my age where that's what I want and that's what we get with everybody else so um I would like to see more yes but I doubt it will happen no I don't think it will happen maybe uh maybe I need to go and sort their Instagram (laughs) I'll go and volunteer my services (laughs) so thank you so much for listening to this week's massive jam-packed bit of news from the royals uh like i say the very official state opening of parliament here in the uk and then all the little bits with we've seen the earl of uh, wessex this week uh, it was lovely to see kate in that beautiful red coat and zara skirt this week so regal so royal and just knocking it out of the park with the most amazing hold still project don't forget you can follow us on our instagram page at keeping up with the windsors pod please leave us a five star review on this podcast channel and we would really appreciate that we will see you next week on keeping Keeping up with the the Windsors. windsors